Welcome to the Talking with Tata podcast. I'm your host, Andy Schneider, also known as Tata. Today, you will be hearing from Whitney Shashu, the founder and CEO of Admit New York. Whitney is one of New York's leading school admission consultants. She uses her expertise to facilitate the school admissions process, really ensuring that every child gains admission to their best fit of school, whether that's private, public, charter school. I know Whitney personally, and I've worked with her daughter before. I have nothing but amazing things to say about her. And today's podcast episode will really teach you about the education and admissions process. There's like a million steps to this process. It's wild. And what's even crazier is every single New York City school has a different application process. Wow. No one is the same. It's like so they require different forms. Yes, exactly. Wow. Sometimes people say it's harder to, to get into a New York City private school than it is Harvard. Yeah. I don't wow. know if that's true. <laughs> but Wow. But it sounds good. It sounds good. Whitney talks about her top tips for anybody looking to go to school, how to choose a school, what to really look for in the interview. There's so much pressure on a lot of our families, specifically in the New York City area or even just Miami, Florida now. And we discuss what schools are really looking for. What are they looking for? But also, what are you looking for? What should you be looking for when you are going on these tours? Is your child someone who can really handle the academics of this specific school? Or maybe socially and academically, they would thrive in another school. And that's something that Whitney and Admit in general will help you decide. This week's Tata's tip of the week is really allowing your child to tell a story or even discuss their day with you. And I think it's really easy for just children to come home and tell a quick little story and parents say, okay, yeah, yeah, cute. And then they go on with their day. But one of the most important elements that children can really learn through storytelling or just telling you about their day, there's a few. There's memory. It's working on their short-term memory. So I go to school, I come home, I tell my parents what I did, whether that's we celebrated somebody's birthday or I went to the playground, letting them kind of recall, to recall short-term memory. Another skill that children can learn is storytelling. Who was involved in the story? So these are WH questions, a third element that we want them to learn. Who was involved? What happened? Where did it happen? And when? Whether you read your child a book and they tell a story back to you or they go to school and they come home and tell you what happened, we want them to work on their storytelling information or knowledge as well as WH questions. And the last one is conversational skills. You want your child to be able to converse with people, not just you and their teachers or maybe the other three-year-olds in the class. You want them to feel comfortable enough to say, this is what I did today in really getting these elements of conversational skills. So the four things you wanna work on, memory, storytelling, conversational skills, and WH questions. And these are all things that you can get from having your child tell a story or even retell a story. I'm very excited to welcome Whitney Shashu, the founder and CEO of Admit New York. Whitney is one of New York's leading school admissions consultants. Whitney uses her expertise to facilitate the school admissions process, ensuring that every child gains admissions to their best fit private or public school. I've personally worked with Whitney. We are colleagues in a sense, and I've worked with her daughter, Robbie, and have nothing but amazing things to say about both of you. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Of course. (laughs) So for our listeners who don't know who you are, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and just how you got into education? 
I studied education at the University of Pennsylvania and right out of college, I did teach for America and I went and taught fourth grade writing in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, I also became the curriculum developer for my school for fourth grade writing and then also collaborated with other teachers in our network to help build the curriculum for writing for all fourth grades across our school network. Wow. So I really learned the ins and outs of helping students craft well-constructed responses and also find their authorial voice at that fourth grade stage, which is right before middle school. Mm -hmm. I left the classroom and I joined a nonprofit called Breakthrough New York, which is an incredible organization. It's a 10-year college access program that helps students to and through high school and to and through college. And I was their middle school program director and their high school placement director. And I was responsible for a lot of things, but everything from training our teachers, hiring our seasonal staff, overseeing our school year programming, our summer programming, building curriculum, teacher training, and then also overhauling our high school placement process to increase the number of private school acceptances for our incredible population of students. And that's where I was really introduced to school placement. I started really loving and enjoying the process of getting to know the schools. I went on every campus. I built relationships with the schools. I understood the schools inside and outside and then getting to know the families and students I worked with and really helping match families to the right schools for them. Mm -hmm. And then simultaneously helping them navigate the complexities of the New York City school process. So I did that at Breakthrough and then decided to continue to do that work because I was really passionate about school placement and I was good at it. It it catered to a lot of my strengths. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started Admit New York and in an effort to help more families across New York City navigate the school admissions process with a real focus and emphasis on school fit. Okay, so what is Admit New York? To boil it down, we're your GPS for school admissions. Hmm. So we are experts in New York City schools. We know the New York City landscape like the back of our hand. Every year we carve out time to check in with admissions directors, to tour schools, to check in with the families that we've previously placed at schools and brush up on the latest changes and innovations at every school. Because as we know, schools are constantly evolving and changing. Mm -hmm. And we keep our ear to the ground in a way so that we can be an informed resource for families to rely on. And this intel helps us intentionally match families to their child's best fit schools. We do multiple things, but if I was to boil it down, we spend a ton of time at the forefront getting to know our families and our children. Mm -hmm. We meet them, we figure out what their priorities are, their values, their hopes, their goals. And then we meet with the kids to determine who they are as learners, who they are as people, and we build them customized school lists of schools where the child will do their best and be their best. So that's part one. And then part two is we streamline the application and admissions process. We organize the process and we're an informed resource every step of the way so that families get their questions asked, they use their time efficiently and effectively, and they submit applications that are authentic and compelling. You know, let's say I have a list of schools that's just like a dream for me, right? So let's say I have a three-year-old and I want them to go to this school, this school, and this school. What if my child's maybe not the perfect match for that school? Do you guys kind of have to be honest with the family and say, this is where we think you would best belong, or, you know, we don't think the school would accept, or like kind of what's the process of that? Yeah, it's our job to be the student's advocate. Mm-hmm. So we have to lean into those uncomfortable or difficult conversations that we'd be doing the child a disservice if we agreed and just jumped on board with your plan without giving you our two cents. Also, families hire us because we're we're experts. We know what we're doing. We know these schools well. We know which kids do well there and don't do well there because of our 
experience in these schools and placing students at these schools. So we have really honest conversations with our families as to why or why not a school would be a good fit or not a good fit. Mm -hmm. Now, we always encourage a family to reach for the stars. And there's no harm in trying to get into a school um, that you have your dreams or sights set on. But we also want to have realistic expectations. And ultimately, we always remind families that our goal is to focus on fit, because ultimately, children will be their best if they're in a school that best serves them. Absolutely. And look, I know New York City, I was there for eight years. There's a lot of competition. And I think, you know, there's only a certain amount of schools. Not everyone can get into them, especially depending on your client and your customer. Everyone kind of wants to go to the same six schools or whatever it is. But speaking of who are your customers? Who are you really working with? We work with a wide variety of families, families who are new to New York, old to New York, families who grew up here, families who moved here yesterday, international families, families who are moving here for business purposes, or families who have been here for a while and just need a new a, a shift and a new change in a school. So we help families who are attending private school and need to change to a new private school, families who are attending a public school and want to make the transition to private school, families, vice versa, who are attending private school and want to make the transition to public. It really, it runs the gamut. And we help full-paying families as well as underserved families who require financial assistance to make private school possibility. We do, we work with a ton of families who are applying for financial aid as well. So you're involved in that process between the school and the family of trying to get them the financial aid that they need. We help families navigate the financial aid process. Financial aid applications are really complex and that's an additional application in addition to the application you submit to gain admission to a school and then also help them weigh their options once they get offers from a school, depending on what is financially feasible for them. You're the roadmap in a way of just like, here's the beginning of the process and we're taking you through the entire, I guess, admissions process in general, which it's not easy. I feel like you guys should really start to branch out to Florida now because now Florida's (laughs) becoming the new New York. I hear that a lot. Yeah. You have family here. I hear that a lot. You know, my three nieces go to a school and there's a wait list now for about a year and a half, which is really getting crazy. So we either need new schools or we need the guidance of how to handle all of this. So come on down. I think that's the one difference or the biggest difference between the Florida market and the New York market is New York, you have the luxury of options. We have so many school options. Mm -hmm. There's so much choice which can feel like a burden for families because when you have so many options, a lot of times families say, well, where do I begin? Where do, how do I know where to start? Or where should my child go? Or where should I apply? In Florida, you have fewer options, but the number of applicants, it's, it's still a very competitive market. So I do have a few questions for you. But before we get to all of that, I put you on my Instagram and I had a lot of people say to me, you know, we have a few questions. So I'm going to throw a few questions at you before we kind of go into just New York City school system. What are schools really looking for when, you know, you're touring their facility, you're touring their grounds, what are they looking at you? You know, I can imagine families come, they think their outfits matter. And, you know, there must be little things that make you stand out. What are they looking for? So the tour part of the process is is low stakes. It's not an interview, but it is important that you remember that it is potentially an opportunity for the school to evaluate whether or not your family would be a good match for them. So You treat it like an interview, but in reality, it is not your interview and you're not being formally evaluated by a school. Mm -hmm. But yes, you should show up in appropriate clothes where you look like you've tried, you look like you care. Your phone and technology should be put away. You shouldn't show up in flip-flops. 
or Birkenstocks, your child should you know match that as well and shouldn't be wearing sneakers and gym shorts if possible. Yeah. And it's an opportunity for you to learn about the school. So come prepared with questions, do some research, show that you care. The reality is though, during a school tour, because most of the time they're group tours, admissions people aren't necessarily like jotting down notes and, and zooming in on your family in particular. So it really is an opportunity for the family to gain insight into who a school is and whether or not it's a good fit for them. Mm-hmm. The evaluation part of the process really comes into play when the actual application is submitted and you actually kick off the, the process. Okay. So that makes sense. And I think a lot of people, they think the school is just testing them and looking at who they are and the type of family they are, but you're also trying to see if you would like the school. You know, I think that's probably the step that people forget. Do you like it? Do you like that there's either a playground or a sports facility, or there's maybe not, it's a tiny little building. You know, I think there's so many elements that maybe families wouldn't like. And I think that gets lost out there a lot. It's a two-way street. Mm -hmm. You are making a huge not only financial commitment, but like emotional commitment to a school, potentially K through 12, um, depending on the year you're applying. So it's definitely the the school evaluating whether or not you are a good fit for them. And at the same time, you are evaluating whether or not this is a good fit for your family. So when families are touring schools, use that leverage that opportunity to gain as much intel as possible to help you make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. What does the building look like? What do the students look like when you're touring the building? How engaged are they with one another? How about do they just look happy? Look at the non-curated spaces, like the common areas, the bulletin boards, what's hung up, the hallways. Our kids went to a tourist school a couple days ago and there was a girl sitting on the floor eating a bowl of pasta. Like that just tells me a lot about the, the vibe of the school, the playground and getting a true sense for what community looks like at that school. Mm -hmm. And then the academics peek inside the classroom. What's their approach to learning? Can you tell which one the teacher is or is the teacher so enmeshed alongside the students that it's hard to differentiate the two? Mm -hmm. How are the students and teachers interacting in the hallways, in the cafeteria, in the library? That's all the things that families should be looking for when they're on a school tour so that they can walk away with a, a better understanding of who a school is not just the curated version of the school, but but the authentic version of that school too. So just to get to the nitty gritty a little bit, what about a handwritten thank you note? You know, I grew up, my mom said, any gift you get, you're writing a handwritten thank you note. Is that (laughs) in the past or is that still something people should do? So I love a handwritten note. I do think it really stands out. We used to tell all our families to send handwritten notes pre-COVID. Post-COVID world, things have really shifted and a ton of communication is now done all via email and that kind of become commonplace in the admissions process. So we have our families send it via email now, mainly because there's also a reality where admissions people are just they're in the office less than they were Mm pre-COVID. And so it guarantees that your thank you note is making it to that person. It's getting printed and it's getting added to your file. And we we like that guarantee. However, there are a lot of times where especially my like middle school applicants or my high school applicants, it goes a long way to have them handwrite a thank you note and to mail it in. And you will send those thank you notes after an interview, but you don't necessarily need to send them after a tour unless a family had a really personal connection yeah. with someone on the tour or a long conversation that's worth sending a follow up about. Absolutely. I think that's a good tip of when to do things and what's actually necessary and what's you know, they're going to never see it or whatever it is. What's your perspective on standardized tests and test prep? Um, It's a little bit of an off topic, I guess, but I went to a high school in Florida. Very intense. I had to take two standardized tests to get in. I had a hundred interviews. It was wild. But what do you think, you know, are schools still doing standardized tests? And then as far as test prep, what's your opinion on that? So standardized testing is 
is a part of the New York City admissions process for both public and private schools, although very different for for the two. Mm -hmm. Personally, as an educator and as someone who never performed well on standardized tests growing up, I don't feel standardized tests are an accurate measurement of a student's abilities. I However, I do I do also understand their purpose in admission. Mm -hmm. So I, I see both sides. They basically serve as a comparable data point, which is useful when you're evaluating applicants from different schools, because it's very hard to know what an A at this school versus an A at this school means. And so the standardized testing kind of helps schools compare students who are coming from different educational environments. It helps them also know, they know which students they've admitted with certain scores have thrived at their school. Mm -hmm. And so that's a helpful metric when looking at new kids yep. who and determining whether or not they'd be a good fit for that academic program as well. But the New York City admissions exams are rigorous and they cover a ton of material that are usually, it's usually a grade level above. So prep is helpful. And it ensures that a kid walks in and feels confident when sitting for their exams. And ultimately that's my goal is I want a kid to walk in feeling confident and good so they, they demonstrate their their best. Mm -hmm. So yes, I, I do think that prep is important, but it doesn't need to be a huge stressor and it shouldn't take away from other things in the kid's life. Right, so you were involved in that part. You know, you're kind of guiding them where to get test prep. I guess I kind of forgot about that element. You're really involved, whether it's test prep or interview prep, you're really the whole process, you're in it. Yeah. There's like a million steps to this process. It's wild. And what's even crazier is every single New York City school has a different application process. Wow. No one is the same. It's like so they require different forms. Yes, exactly. Wow. Sometimes people say it's harder to, to get into a New York City private school than it is Harvard. Yeah, I don't wow. know if that's true, <laughs> but... Wow. But it sounds good. It sounds good. Every school has a different application, requires different parent statements to be submitted, different student essay requirements, sometimes different testing requirements, a different interview structure, a different open house and tour policy, everything, different teacher recommendation forms, different transcript release forms. I mean, there are so many differences. So our job is to know all the differences, mm -hmm. to streamline it. So that families aren't going to a million different websites and trying to collect all of this information and put together an application that they feel accurately reflects who their kid is and give their kid the best chance at success possible. Our job is to help them organize that and to do that heavy lifting for them so that they can really do their best work and focus on what's important, which is applying to the right schools. So how many schools should families apply to? <laughs> There's no magic number. Mm -hmm. And it really does depend on the applicant's profile. Also, what grade they're applying for. There are some nuances to this process. Yeah. But I would say six or seven is a, is a good number. And yeah. I also don't feel there are more than six or seven schools a kid's a good fit for. That's a great point. And then do the schools really talk to each other? You know, I'm accepting this one. You should take this one. Is that what you just see in TV shows and just what you think? Or is that actually <laughs> Very rarely, if ever, do schools talk to one another. Wow. But schools do talk to nursery school directors and ex-missions directors. So, for example, if a kid is applying out of a K through 8, they'll have an ex-missions director who helps those 8th graders apply out for high school. And they do talk to people like us when they're reviewing an application. So it's important that families are on the same page as all those people. We call them the key stakeholders in the kids process. Everyone should be on the same page so that when we're advocating for a family or the nursery director's advocating, they're advocating what the family wants and it's in line with what the family's looking for. Right. You don't want them to advocate for you. And then you say, oh no, that wasn't actually the school I want. I'm going to go here. And it's basically a waste of time. Let's say you tell a school you're going and then you pull out. Or if you decide that maybe you're going, you go for a year and then your dream school you got into. I'm assuming it looks bad, but like what if the second child wanted to apply? Are you just kind of on the blacklist at that point? No, 
<laughs> I'm like, what's the short answer? <laughs> it's very common in New York City schools for students to change schools at certain entry points. So kindergarten, fifth, sixth, and ninth are key entry points across New York City schools. So it's very common at those points for students to make a change. Yep. When you apply to kindergarten, your kid is usually four years old, depending on their birthday. They enter middle school around 10 years old, depending on if middle school starts in fifth or sixth grade. Mm -hmm. A four-year-old and a 10-year-old are very different people and have very different needs. So it's very common for you to go to a school for kindergarten to stay there until fourth or fifth grade and then say, you know what? My kid needs something different. I'm going to make a shift or a change. Mm -hmm. And that's why we exist is we help you make that change and help you figure out what's the next best step for your kid. So no, it's not uncommon. It's not frowned upon. You won't be blacklisted. There are families who stay K through 12. And then also schools evaluate each applicant as an individual. So even if it is a sibling of a kid who went there and left, they're evaluating that kid as an individual. You have to do what's best for your kid at that time. How important is preschool? Deciding the whole trajectory of a student's K-12 career and beyond, you know, is preschool the start of it all or is it just kind of a little stop along the way? Not at all. It's a, it's a stop along the way. I mean, our number one goal is to ha have happy, thriving children. And mm -hmm. we want kids, especially in preschool, which is their first introduction to school, to love school, to love going to school every day. Yeah. And to be at a school that meets their needs developmentally, academically, emotionally, so you would understand that more than anyone. You want kids to love learning, to yeah. have an, a joyful experience. Yeah. And there are so many school choices in New York City. And so a family ultimately needs to determine what their priorities priorities are, which is what we help families do. Is it proximity to home? Is it the length of the school day? Mm -hmm. Do you want there to be a religious component? Um, is it community? Whatever it may be. And then you pick the schools that best match most of your priorities. While exmissions, which is what you mentioned, exmissions are a factor of, you know, which school is my kid going to go to next after preschool? It shouldn't determine where your child goes to school because mm -hmm. ongoing schools, so schools that go K through 12 or schools that you go to after preschool, accept children from a huge range of nursery schools and preschools. We've helped families get into top choice schools who've never even attended school before or wow. kids who go to daycare get into top schools in New York City because ultimately if you're happy, your kid will be happy. Nothing is set in stone. You can always make a change. Like I said before, a two-year-old is different from a five-year-old, is different to a 12-year-old, is different to a college student. So the goal is to focus on what's best for your family right now. Where will your kid be happy now? And that will set them up on the right trajectory. But ultimately, we have parents come back to us years from now after we place them in a kindergarten and say, guess what? Now my kid's interested in X, Y, Z. But generally, that had very little to do with where they went to preschool. Yeah. And I think a lot of people say, okay, this is an amazing preschool, if I get in here, then they're going to get into high school right. at this place. And I think that's probably one of the biggest myths, especially in New York City. I think it's as people assume that that's kind of the process, but I'm glad to hear that it's not that. Not. <laughs> so I'm in, obviously in Florida and there's a huge difference between private and public school education, but I know that New York City is very different. What would you say is really the biggest difference between the public and private education? So we help families apply to both. And we're huge advocates of public education and private education. In terms of academic readiness, both are great options. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, when it comes down to fit, public school may be a better fit for a family for, for one reason or, or another. There are amazing public schools in each community in New York City and each community anywhere. And so generally, with public school, you will be going to school with your neighbors, with people in your community. And that's not always the case with private schools, yeah. where kids could come from all over and may have to travel further to get to a private school. So that's one big difference. Yeah. 
class size and curriculum also differ between public and private school. Public schools have an average of 30 kids in a class. Private schools have an average of 16 in a class. These are New York City mm-hmm. data yeah, yeah. points. And then also public schools have common standards that they need to follow or meet. So there's a little less freedom and wiggle room within the curriculum and teachers have less room for creativity, whereas yeah. private schools construct their own curriculums in-house so they can adjust them year to year however they see fit. Absolutely. I mean, look, you said it first. I drove an hour and change to get to high school. That's not for everybody. I'm not sure if it was even for me, but it was worth it for the amazing education. But that is not something that's, you know, especially in New York City, the traffic, I mean, or maybe not everyone has a car. You know, there's so many factors, I think, that probably go into the whole public versus private, you know, staying close to home or maybe even just choosing something that's worth it to go to, let's say, I don't know, 45 minutes away. Totally. There's so many different factors and that's what makes it tricky. Options are such a privilege, but again, so many options make it really difficult to boil down your options to a list that's strategic and targeted and best fit schools. Given that you're a boutique firm, what's really just one sage piece of advice, you know, that you would give to families, my listeners in general, but um, just anyone who's really navigating this process? The most common pitfall I see is not tuning out the noise. It's really likely when families kick off this process, they're going through this process at the same time as their friends or their kids' friends or whoever it may be. Don't compare yourself or your process to anyone else's. It's a waste of time. Stay focused on finding your kid the best educational home, the one that's best suited for them and ignore the noise, ignore what your friends say, ignore their opinions because they're just that, they're an opinion. Mm -hmm. And one kid's needs are going to be vastly different from the next. So If you stay focused on what your goal is, which is to find your kid their best fit school, Mm -hmm. you will end up with results you're happy with. But it's very difficult to tune out the noise in New York City. (laughs) Honestly, Florida's becoming that. So it's like I said, we need you down here again because I have parents calling me, I'd say about twice a week. I get a call saying, you know, it's summer and I want to make sure my kid is prepared, whether it's their speech or just interview skills. And I'm like, okay, your kid's 18 months. We can do this. But also like (laughs) Florida's becoming that. And I know when I head up to the Hamptons this summer, then we start working on the kids for the fall. I I get it. And I think it's really hard. I think especially now post COVID, which is actually what I want my final question for you to be, you know, how has just this whole process changed with COVID? You know, do you find that there's fewer places people want to apply? So everyone's chit-chatting about it or, you know, has it really not changed much? Things really shifted during COVID. Mm -hmm. A lot of families left New York and went to Florida, for example. Um, And so during that time, spaces opened that wouldn't typically have much wiggle room during a traditional admission season. So that was really interesting. There was a lot of new changes during COVID. Mm -hmm. The application and admissions process all went virtual. Tours and open houses were all virtual. So families were signing contracts for schools that they'd never even set foot in, which is wild. Families were really relying on our expertise at that time more so than ever because they had to trust us when telling them, trust me, this school is the right fit for your kid, even though you've never seen it. Wherever we are now, I guess it's the post-COVID world or (laughs) now things have evened out. So schools that were competitive before are equally as competitive as they've ever been. Schools that never struggled to fill cohorts still never struggle to fill cohorts. Families that left actually came back and took spots back. Things have really settled down. I do think some admissions has remained virtual just because we've seen, oh, wait, we can still have the same experience for families or for 
admissions folk and keep things virtual, which has made things maybe a bit, a bit more manageable for the schools. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, the competitive nature of, of New York City school admissions has not shifted. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, I know. Right. You gave us a lot of information, and I'm sure our listeners just have more questions for you. Where can everybody find you? Instagram, website, give us everything. So our Instagram is at AdmitNY, and our website's www.admitny.com. You can email us info at admitny.com or you can fill out a form on our website and that directly links to our email. We fill up a year in advance for the upcoming admission cycle. So we are almost full for this upcoming cycle, which starts in September. But if you'd like support in any capacity, reach out. If you have questions, reach out. We are always looking to help in any way we can. We also offer a free monthly admissions newsletter that really is chock full of tools and resources and schools submit information to that newsletter that gets blasted out to thousands of families across Mm -hmm. New York. So sign up for our newsletter too. And your Instagram has a lot of tips. So I know you gave us your Instagram, but I do like to post it because I do think that you guys give a lot of tips on there and even tips for me to learn and explain to people. So thank you so much for coming on. (laughs) Thanks, Andy. You're the best. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to visit Talking With Tata on Instagram and on Facebook.